And I think that was a real eye-opener for me to see what was actually possible because I don't think if I had not have been exposed to that, I don't think, you know, my life would have been different. I, I think that was a real trigger as well is seeing just what is possible if you if you set your mind to it that yeah you, you set your own limits really so yeah I was, I was probably thinking well if they can do it I can do it <laughs> you're listening to property investor tales stories from the front yard here's your host Tabitha Bright Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard, where I get to speak with property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name is Tabitha Bright and I'm the head of coaching here at Positive Real Estate, where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. So my guest today is Sharon Carruthers, and we discuss her journey to retirement at 50 via her property investing, which is pretty cool. The lessons she learned and why she's chosen now as a successful investor and a retiree to come back and coach with our fabulous clients here at Positive Real Estate. So enjoy this conversation with Sharon Carruthers. Hey, Sharon, lovely to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for volunteering your time today. Thank you, Tab. It's great to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, You've got a heap of fascinating stories. Uh, I sent you some questions uh, that I've got, you know, printed out and prepared here for our chat today. Um, but I wanted to pre-frame it. Uh, you're, you've obviously got the banners, the positive real estate banners in the background. You're um, a new integral part of our coaching team. So we're so, so lucky to have you on board. But you were a client before you coached for positive real estate, um, well, you are a client, um, <laughs> as well as being a coach of positive real estate. And I think the first thing people need to know about you is that you retired yourself, I think, two weeks before your 50th birthday, didn't you? Yes. Yep. That was, um, that was my goal for many, many years, was that 50-year mark was, um, was what I was aiming to achieve. Yeah. And, um, and tell me how that went for you. Oh, it was it was it was a long slog at the start. Um, I started. I bought my first property at twenty one, but oh. traded in and out, um, not very successfully of a couple of properties. But then got serious in two thousand uh, two thousand and four. Started doing started buying investment properties with purpose, and yeah. that was I guess around that time was when I. Um, when I had set that goal for myself, that um, fifty was my was my mark, and that's what I was aiming. Yeah, that was my uh, my destination. Your destination, and so we'll talk a little bit about some of your experiences with your investing because there's some highs and some lows, right? Like all of us when we go on that investing journey. Um, but the first thing I wanted to say was because I had a similar experience to you. So tell me, what was retirement like? 
Because you're not retired now, are you? I'm not. No, no. Um, well, it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I kind of knew because all of my friends and family are still working. So I knew, you know, it wasn't going to be surrounded by friends with things to do every day. But I was okay with that. Um, yeah. But I guess my... Um, I didn't I didn't stay retired for very long because it's just not in my nature. Um, it was great. It was an awesome feeling um, to know that when I, when I you know the last day at work and it was the first few weeks I was on an actual on a high and I, I had my holidays booked. I did uh, I went through Asia again and then did the states and and had a bit of time in Mexico. Um, so I, I did the trips and thoroughly enjoyed them. And um, but then when I came home, I sort of started a renovation in one of my properties and um, started helping out in, a, in my mum's shop front, which um, was, it was supposed to be a couple of hours, you know, each week. But just with my nature, um, look, after a few months, I ended up being there seven days a week and trying to squeeze my renovation in around yeah. working at the shop. So I just stopped fighting it <laughs> and just went I I'm not the the retirement type I I love being productive yeah. I love setting myself goals I love working with other people yeah. so yeah why fight it just go yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a big, absolutely and it's a big part of you know why we were keen to have you on board as part of our coaching team because um you know, often when people have retired or or they've got a business and stuff like that, and you've done all of that, you've had your businesses, you've um, uh, in real estate, so you've got heaps of real estate experience. Um, but sometimes they can be a bit distracted. Um, but for you, you're just so motivated and so um, on point, if I can use a military term. <laughs> Because you've got you've had time in the military as well, so we're going to get to all of that as well. Uh, I mean, such a big story to tell. So we might go a little bit longer than the twenty minutes I usually aim for, just because there is so much for you to tell. But I've asked you to, I guess, share a few of the key bullet points um, that encapsulate your journey. And you've got here that there were some triggers that stood out for you. So you remember being a little girl and your mum had a bit of paper in her hand and she was, you know, and she was telling you that they'd paid off their home loan. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, look, um, I don't know how old I was. I just remember sitting next to mum and I think, you know, how you could be you, you remember things because of the emotions that are tied to them. Absolutely. And I completely yeah. believe that I must have just picked up on the emotions that she was going through at the time. Yeah. And so... That's what set that memory, and it's like it's just reg registering that emotion, and that memory is just set with me. And when, um, because through my years of investing, some people have asked me, you know, why do I do it? And sometimes I would just be out walking, go, why do I do this? Like, when did it all start? And I think that, that was one of the really early triggers that I remember. You know, just you know the importance of property. Um, and and yeah, what, what a difference, difference it can make in your life. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, and once again, like you were saying, it's that emotion. You associate such a positive emotion 
um, with yeah. <laughs> it's such a um, formative time in your youth, no doubt. Um, and then you went on to work um, work in banking, which um, not to make this about me, I did exactly the same though. So it's oh, funny, cool. <laughs> it's funny seeing the commonalities in people's experiences that have had success, even if success can look quite different for different people. There's often these veins of this is going to sound weird, veins of truth, so to speak, stuff that people do that gets them a certain result. So um, I was really bad at maths when I was at school. I didn't fit the school system very well, but then I had some time in banking straight out of school and it taught me um, how to manage money and a lot of the gaps around understanding debits and credits. And, you know, I did my time as a teller counting money and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, so what did you do in the bank and how did it impact your property journey? Well, um, I was a manager's secretary, so I didn't, um, I, I went down and talk, and spoke to the tellers, but <laughs> I was upstairs with the manager, but, um, it's but fun. going through, yeah. going, you know, going through that and, and being, you know, maintaining all the files and I would see, you know, certain people that would have, so many properties, in, you know, under their ownership and, and, you know, and then have companies with more properties. And I think that was a real eye-opener for me to see what was actually possible because I don't think if I had not have been exposed to that, I don't think, you know, my life would have been different. I, I think that was a real trigger as well is seeing mm. just what is possible if you, if you set your mind to it that, yeah, you, you set your own limits, really. So, yeah, I was, I was probably thinking, well, if they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and you, you've always had that about you, though, haven't you, that desire to push? Like you're um, totally okay with being outside of your comfort zone because, yeah, yeah you're used to being, um, you know, very <laughs> active. <You're> used- <laughs> But that's good, right? Because yeah. it, it means we push boundaries. Um, yeah. And so one of the comments you've made here is that you need to back yourself and do something. Yeah. So if you're already thinking about investing, then you're capable of doing it. If you dream it, you can achieve it. And I notice all the way through your notes when you, you've answered some of the questions that I've asked you, um, so that people get an understanding of your journey. Um, you are very positive in, um, no pun intended, in your thinking. And that's also a commonality, right? It's, mm. it's that thing where a lot of the people that achieve success, whether they're positive now because they've had success or whether they yeah. tell themselves certain stories, um, it seems to me like you've always had that, I'm going to do it or I'm going to find out how I can do it mentality. Yeah. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah. I often, um, I, I do, I do acknowledge resistance when, when I, when I'm going to do something. I can acknowledge the resistance there, and I do label it. Okay, I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone, and that's okay. And then I just keep just one step in front of the others. You know, just, just keep moving forward because um, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with standing still because I believe if you're standing still throughout your life you're actually going backwards because everyone else is moving forward so if you're not at least keeping up 
Um, not that I'm super competitive with anyone else. I, I, I will catch myself if I compare myself to others um, yeah. and I remind myself I'm on my own journey yeah. Um, and that I don't have to, I don't have to keep up with other people. I'm doing what's best for me. I'm doing what's best for my family. Um, so yeah, it's um, being being pushed. I guess that's um, a, a bit of growing up with brothers. You 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 never let oh. them win. And also going into the military was so good. Like to join the military at eighteen. Um, and they they don't take no for an answer back then. So you and you just and I was you know in with a with a lot of um, males as well. So I was used to having to keep up with the boys and prove myself their equal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I've just carried on that way. Like I I don't um, I don't shy away from challenges too often. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, I like what you've said here. If I don't do this, I can pretty much predict my future. You take a look around and you think if nothing changes, this is how it's always going to be. Yeah. Just do it. And that is um, 100% a motivator for a lot of people, right, when they realise that what they have today, if they don't change something, if they don't do something different, they're going to keep having what they have today. So that was obviously something that you took pretty seriously as well. Yeah. On your, on yeah. Your journey. And I and and also even even um, having the courage to resign, um, I, I could have stayed and, and kept buying. Like they were a nice bunch of people to work with. The job had its good days and bad days, but um, I, I kept thinking that. Like I kept going to work every Monday and going is this it you know because if I don't if I don't take the plunge if I don't just back myself and resign this is it you know is this is this is this all there is and I was like no no no, I want more so yeah and I just I just did I always went in there one day and went you know what I don't actually need this anymore (laughs) (laughs) that was great oh you're it's brave right yeah. And I think that's really the important we acknowledge that because um, like I've said to people before, bravery is not an absence of fear or an absence of discomfort. It's feeling that f- classic cliche, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and fear's good because that keeps us safe. Like it's, you know, yeah. it does keep us safe, but it's, it can all also hold us back and limit yeah. us and... Yeah, and live a live a bit of a mediocre life if you if you let it rule you. Yeah, I always say to um, my clients and my team, comfort is a curse. Yeah, um, you've <laughs> got to be out there getting a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and so let's change tack a little bit. Um, what is one of the weirdest and funniest things, or there might be a multitude of them you want to discuss that has happened to you in your property journey? Because I always find this funny. I've had some great stuff come out of it. So what's one of the weirdest things that's happened to you? I love your Uh, work. Yeah. I, I I think like on the, on the, um, on the subject of weird, I received a surprising phone call from my property manager um, regarding the property I had at Glen Innes. And um, she was suggesting that I needed to get quotes to replace a fence because the 
um, the neighbours next door were actually pulling my timber fence down and using it as their firewood and that let the the sheep from the neighbouring farm into the yard of my rental property and the tenants were not uh, were not overly comfortable with that. And I was like, what? Do people really do this? They're burning my fence to keep warm. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I remember laughing going, I, you know, that saying, you know, the buying the wrong side of the railway track. Well, I literally did this at Glen Innes. I bought the wrong side of the railway track. And oh. yeah. anyway, yeah, you live and you learn. There was another, there was a, there was just a funny, like a harmless sort of incident where, um, the the neighbours of one of my properties knew that I owned it and knew it, knew me personally, and they rang me one day with a, a complaint. They're a little bit um, conscious about talking to me about it, but I had a young male tenant in there, and he's a lovely guy. But they rang me and said, "Look, we didn't want to make this call, but we really got to do something about it." When he has sex, he's so loud, and they're yelling and screaming. And I was like, "Oh." Oh, okay, no, 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 no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll have a chat with him. And it was quite. Um, look, I, I rang him, and I was sort of, you know, I got a bit of a noise complaint, and it's, it's not your TV, it's not your stereo, <laughs> it's not your car. <laughs> and we, we ended up having a bit of a laugh about it, but yeah, he, I think he had to tone it down a bit. A bit jealous, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you can blame it on the walls, thin yeah. walls, Sharon, thin walls. <laughs> it can be when you live in close quarters. I know. Um, <laughs> and apologies to everyone. We'll have to say this is slightly X-rated. Um, <laughs> I know my. Um, I shouldn't probably shout too loud because my neighbour's right next door. But his windows, because we live in an old Victorian house, and the houses you know, in Melbourne, they're stacked much like Sydney, very close to each other. His window was open one balmy summer evening and we had exactly the same problem. It was like, I don't even know if I can look him in the eye next time I want to see him. <laughs> oh, it's funny you mentioned the fences because um, we used to have property in Dunedin in New Zealand, which is in a, a student town. And we had tenants that were... Um, pretty feral students. So Dunedin, and, you know, forgive anyone that loves and um, enjoys Dunedin, but there are parts of Dunedin where the student population is particularly feral. They're known for getting drunk and rampaging through the city, basically. But same thing, it can be very cold in Dunedin. And we had a call from our property manager and our tenants, our students, were pulling up the floorboards Oh, no. And using <laughs> using the floorboards to keep warm. They were probably, you know, some protected wood. A lot of the old houses yes. back in New Zealand, like they'll be Rimu or Kauri, which are, yeah. you know, very protected trees. <laughs> They're probably just building fires out of that stuff. It's, <laughs> you do, <laughs> you, and this is why when we coach, we talk a lot about the affluence score, um, mm. you know, when on microbibs, we always say, you know, keep an eye on your affluence score, because unless you really want these problems, it's, yeah. um, you know, sometimes better to go with people where the stress of money is perhaps a little bit less, and they're not resorting to floorboards yeah. and fences. Yeah, yeah. I, so did, I did learn that lesson the hard way. <laughs> 
I do concur. I bought that one before I was a member. Uh, a positive. <laughs> and so did I with the Dunedin <laughs> one. <laughs> um, all righty. So if you could give yourself, your younger self, I beg your pardon, some advice knowing what you know and have experienced today, you've got a number of things here, which I think are awesome. So I'm going to let you go through all of them. Um Shoot from the top. What, what would be the advice you gave your younger self? Um, look, I think, prompt you? <laughs> I think the main thing is that it took me many decades to learn this was to know what you can control and know what is out of your control. So, nice. yep. you know, picking, um, just, just realising what's in the realm of, of you controlling. If it's not something that you can't control, if it's something that someone else is doing, then please don't waste your time and energy on trying to change them. Or you can... So true. Oh, I, I, you know what? I think my, my kids as teenagers taught me, like really brought this lesson home, was stop trying to control them. And I just made up my mind to be the best role model I could Yep, um, yep. You know, at a certain stage through their later teenage years and just went, you know, uh, that's it. I'm not wasting any more time and energy on this. You will grow into the person that you're going to be and I'm just going to be the best role model I can possibly be for you. So awesome. just, yeah, just save your time and energy. Like, and I see it in the media so much, people getting worked out over things that they're it's completely out of their control. Like it's good to have an opinion, but really... Some people just go overboard. Can be good to have an opinion. <laughs> it can be unhealthy as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, no, I, I understand, and and I guess I mean we're about to see all of this play out in the media as the market heats up. We know the media goes through its cycles. We're going to see stuff about bubbles bursting, yeah. about um, you know six times income in order to purchase a house and and market crashes and you know everything under the sun is going to be predicted because mm. as um marcus whose names might might come up a couple of times in this um in this podcast today marcus pierce always says with his background in journalism and for those of you that don't know marcus um he's um one of our team he's in charge of uh, he's the director of content for positive real estate so he makes sure we're doing this kind of stuff for you guys so Marcus has a background in journalism amongst many other talents and he always says to me if it bleeds it leads mm. and it's that yeah. classic thing you know when they need to sell papers they're looking yeah. for something and um and predicting a property market bubble yeah. and the corresponding crash is always hot yeah, and predictable yeah. um yeah. And you yeah, can't like control a, that. Yeah, exactly. And when the market does correct, the only things you can control is are you going to panic and sell at a loss or are you just going to ride it through like, it? it, it you know, yep. this is what's Pops supposed to happen. the other side. Yeah, yeah. Yep. If, it's if, all if, just if, part of just, the up and yeah, down. As long as you're getting your rents in, um, yep. you know, you're maintaining your properties, don't let the fear take a hold of you. Absolutely. Because fear really is the biggest killer of people's success with property and it's interesting like I mean I've been coaching uh, 14 15 years plus now and with positive real estate on investing and I've I've had the privilege of seeing a lot of clients journeys and those that have succeeded and those that have um, had a tougher time and the ones that 
succeed are exactly what you're talking about. They're the ones that go, you know what? I understand the market's just going through its thing. Um, time is the biggest healer, isn't it? Like time, yeah. 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 <laughs> it can be fabulous when you give your real estate enough time in the market. Yeah. People get frustrated around that sort of five to seven years and they start second guessing themselves and yeah. once again, wanting to control, huh? Um, yeah. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, you just got to let it do its thing. Yeah, you yep. do. And that can be, you know, that can be a substantial amount of time. It can be 10, 12, 15 years sometimes, depending on your asset. Yeah. Um, and so speaking of assets, you've got a tip, look after yourself. Oh, yeah, you do. Um, and again, being a single parent for like I was a single parent from when the kids were five and three. And I think it's a female thing too. You, you often will put everyone ahead of you. Um, and and being a single parent, like the kids always came first. But then I got to an actual point where I think it might have been when I got sick. I might might have been when I had pneumonia, and I realized the kids were quite young. And um, I realized that if I didn't look after myself, I I can't look after these two children. So I made a bit of a a bit it started on a bit of a mental transition of putting myself first so that I can look after everyone else. Um, really and just treating yourself well, forgive yourself is such a big lesson. Um, we all make mistakes and well, they're not mistakes, they're actually lessons. Um, once you can make make that realization as well, you, you so you're not life's not supposed to you know be without any hiccups. It would be very boring and you won't um, you won't improve yourself um, because that's yeah, it's through those lessons that you get better you you have more understanding. And um, yeah, just yeah, it is very important to look after yourself. Put yourself, you are your biggest asset. Yeah. Sage, yeah. sage advice, um, my friends. Sage advice. It's that old um cliche of the oxygen mask, isn't it? Oh, that was big with me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it was yeah. um Robin Sharma. Like I went through a bit of a Robin Sharma phase. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And he he was big on, yeah, that yeah. um. The monk that the monk who sold his Ferrari that had a huge um, impact on me. That book, yeah, yeah it's and it's it's interesting. It's um, even with the coaching team here, the team, as you know, um, they work often long hours. They're often giving a lot of energy and um, and spending a lot of time with clients and so forth to get a great result. Um, and one of the key things as they're um, manager I have to do is to make sure that people actually look after themselves it's, it's quite interesting I don't have the problem of needing to bring out a stick with people it's not the problem yeah, um, with yeah. the coaching team you know yeah. everyone's very self-motivated I think that's who positive attract but that lesson in looking after yourself because you know if they don't they blow up and yeah um, and you they know, can't help anyone. anyone. <laughs> no, <laughs> they can't help clients, let alone their families and themselves. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's it is so important. Yeah. Um, and um, you've got a wee note here that your lesson in that is that life happens for you, not to you. Yeah. Pull yourself up when you start playing victim. Did you want to expand on that? Because that's 
Yeah, I, I, well, it's a, it's another thing that I've learned to um, to recognize in myself if I start playing the victim. Um, sometimes I'll say something and I'll just like, "Wow, that wasn't that wasn't right," and um, and then I realize that I am playing the victim, and I just like. I remember from being a kid and, and my kids were raised the same um, with the same motto, get up, you'll be right. And <laughs> 100% of the time it, you're, it is correct. You just pick yourself up and just keep moving forward. Um, yeah, it's just just do the best you can. It's all you can do. And, yeah. and forgive yourself if it, if it doesn't work out perfectly, you know, just just keep trying different avenues. And remember that, if, if if something doesn't work out, then you're actually being guided to a different direction. It's not that you failed in something or not that you weren't wanted. You're actually being directed in a different direction. So take that, mm. um, yeah, take that and just go, all right, that, that's not what I'm supposed to do. That's maybe not who I'm supposed to be with, but just trust that you are being guided um, all the time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And um, I'm going to skip ahead here. What do your friends and family think about your investment decisions? <laughs> like, how does that go? Because one, I'll give it some context, that question, because for some of our clients, um, and certainly some of the clients I've coached, they have found positive real estate because it's a safe space as far as they're concerned. Um, because when they talk to their family and their friends about investing, their friends um, rain on them and, you know, say, oh, it's risky. You can't do that. The market's too hot. The market's going to crash. The yeah. market's too flat. The, you know, <laughs> my yeah. uncle's brother's mother's cousin told me that this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so they find it very hard outside of positive real estate to be able to talk about it is that something that you have a commonality with or completely yeah yeah look yeah, I don't um, I don't talk to my family um at like much at all about my investing habits mm. they they don't understand um they think I'm pushing myself um far far more than I need to they think I should be happy with having one house and just be grateful and which I am I'm yeah. super grateful like I love my family I love my kids and I walk around my house and go this is great and you know and and I, I really am appreciative of what I've been able to achieve yeah. but they're they're on they're just on a different um a different journey I keep using that word journey but they are on a different journey to me like they yeah. don't have the understanding um, yep. of why I do this they will just tell me to yeah just mm -hmm. to stop pushing yourself stop working so hard well I actually enjoy working I actually mm -hmm. enjoy being um, productive I like getting ahead um, I don't like sitting watching videos or I don't even own a tv you know I that's just not me awesome. and yeah um, yeah and and it's something that I think I probably put up a bit of a a bit of a push um, at the start, but then I just pull back. And again, this is, I, I don't want to control the way they think. And I don't want other people to try and control me by um, reducing, like by keeping me down with their limiting thoughts or fearful thoughts either. So I think that's really unfair. So if, yep. yeah, just 
just let people be who they want to be. I'm not hurting anyone. Um, I'm, be, you know, I'm I'm actually setting myself up and my family up um, for our future. Yep. So yeah, look, they don't understand. Um, I don't try and talk to my family or my friends. My friends think I push myself too hard as well, which is why I have my positive tribe, my positive family that I can, yeah, like we can all rejoice in our successes and we can yeah. drive, like push each other on, motivate each other. It's <laughs> all, always learning, always learning. Um, I love the education. Yeah. yeah. So oh, is yeah, it? It's have, a, what was that? Sorry. No, you just have different groups. Like you have your family and you do family yep. stuff. You have your sports friends. You do, you know, you muck around with your sport and that sort of stuff. And then you have yep. your investing group and and you get, you, and you just, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great to be around that sort of people, those sort of people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not about, you know, sometimes people say to me, oh, you know, I've had this friend for X amount of years and I, you know, love and value them, but I can't talk to them about what I'm trying to achieve. And it's, and it's just, you choose how much time you spend with different people. And sometimes you do outgrow people. Other times you just are in this space, in this moment in time with them. But like you said, the investing stuff you talk over here about. Yeah. Um, and so there's always a way. Um, but I also hear a lot from people that they often, not always, but often choose sometimes to shed some old relationships that maybe weren't serving them and, mm. you know, and were unduly critical of what they were trying to achieve I think that's yeah. a pretty common thing as well yeah um, yeah we're all growing mm. and evolving and changing and yeah that's yeah that's awesome definitely, um, different <laughs> and um so when you think about your investing journey what have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned around your investing um well I think just to get the support I um before I joined Positive, I actually had joined a couple of other groups where it just oh, yeah. didn't sync with me um, yeah. or I found the, their investing methods didn't work, like when I was doing the old properties, high mm -hmm. cash flow. Yeah. I did a, did a couple of those and, and it just it, it didn't, it wasn't giving me any results. Yeah. Um, so I did join other groups before I found Positive, but... Um, just having that support. Look, my when I was trying to do it on my own, my inbox was nuts. I was trying to subscribe to every newsletter. I had FOMO of missing out on information. I was like, I've got to yeah. read that one. I've got to read that one. And just trying to be an expert on every aspect of property investing where you can't do it. Um, yeah. And it, or you, you can try, but it's yeah. so much easier to get the support of people from their area of expertise um, and just be guided along um, when you need to with yep. their resources, with their experience and with their knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was tough trying to do it on my own. I, I did it. I got to a certain, certain level, but then I spent a lot of time being in positive after I've um, uh, improved my education, I have had to spend some time and some money trading out of those poorer investments and reinvesting into yeah, yeah. better quality properties better in better class locations. of property yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. Don't, don't burn my fences <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so funny. And isn't it funny that it seems to be like it's something both you and I have experienced. That's what I find so random. Like who who pulls yeah. up floorboards yeah. and in fences? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's awful when you think about it. If people are that desperate that they're mm. you know they're doing that to keep warm. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But. Um, Oh, yeah, we'll put that one aside. Um, and um, you've said listen to your gut. So obviously mm. from, from what I'm hearing from you, um, you are quite intuitive about what works for you. Um, mm. Not everyone's comfortable in that space. Some people are more facts and data-driven. Mm. Um, head rather than heart I'd say um, you seem to have a very good mix of both yeah you know when you need to use your head for your numbers and crunching yeah. stuff but you're yeah. also um, quite heavily heart-based so um, is there, are there any examples where you've listened to your gut or um, it's oh look it's <laughs> um, it can almost when be you a, didn't listen to your gut. <laughs> yeah, look, it can almost be um, a daily thing, can't it? And sometimes I'll still make decisions and, you know, within 30 seconds I'm like, oh, that wasn't right. And, you know, because and probably, again, because I'm trying to please other people mm. and then my intuition kicks in and go, no, 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 that's, that's not the right thing to do. So, oh, I can't, yeah, I... I yeah, it's just it's almost a, a daily thing where you just have to learn to trust. And I think it comes with age too, just yeah. stopping. Um, I think your intuition can kick in as you get older and you stop worrying about what other people think of you so much. Um, stop worrying about being judged by other people because then you can hear your own thoughts clearer. Yep. So, yeah, it's just a. I, I feel like it's a maturity thing, but... Yeah. yeah, it's funny. We were talking before, and um, before we started recording, we were right. laughing because we were talking about being young and how somebody had said to you, you know, wouldn't it be great to be 20 again or 25? And I'd had somebody say a similar thing to me. And I was just like, no, there is. I appreciate slightly less sore knees, and I know you've got a back issue, you probably yeah, don't yeah. want a back issue, yeah. but. Other than that, I would not trade my no, age. No, thing. I love it. I'm 52. I own it. I'm proud. Um, soon to turn 53. I'm excited by that. And, yeah. um, and I love what happens in here as you start yeah. to um, acquire more experience. Yeah. 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 It is. Um, yeah. I'm very comfortable um, where I am. Mm. Um, yeah. And once you do drop that fear of being, you know, being judged and, just yeah. be yourself because then you will attract the people around you that do like you for who you are. So, yeah, and it's not not like this facade that you're wasting energy keeping up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So on yeah. that whole gut vibe, like um, fear-based stuff, what would you say to somebody watching this video that is thinking of building a portfolio. They're, they're wanting to do it. They're keen to get started, but they're really scared about making a wrong decision. What would you say yeah. to them about that? Well, the first thing is um, the only way to get rid of fear is through knowledge. 
Mm. So, um, and then, but being this, you know, a really smart person, not using that knowledge and putting it into action, that's an absolute waste. Yep. So sometimes, you know, the, like not, not making any decision is the wrong decision. So yep. you just have to, you just have to make a decision sometimes and go from there. So, you know, if you can get, if you can get educated, get the knowledge to remove, to help remove the fear, to have the confidence in your decisions that you're making and just make a decision because not moving forward is actually going backwards. Yeah. I think um, one of the big um, uh, gurus, Anthony Robbins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing him speak and he said and this has always stuck with me he said to me or not to me but to the 5,000 people that were there (laughs) to me personally (laughs) I know it was just for me (laughs) he he said that the agony is in the indecision once Mm. you've made the decision you're fine but the agony is in the should I will I can I won't I and it's true yeah yeah so so true um so I guess we'd say to the people that are scared get started just do it yeah (laughs) listen to your fear so you're making quality decisions and you're asking good questions but step into it, step into the discomfort. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, okay, so tell me this, share the details of your first deal. Uh, very first property I bought. Yep. Was, um, we, were, we were 21. Um, we were engaged. We were madly in love, I think. <laughs> Still <laughs> yes, that you are at that age, yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we look. We bought. Um, we were in the defence force, so probably didn't. Not probably. We didn't buy the correct sort of property for that career path because we moved around a lot. We bought right. a. Um, we bought a property that required a lot of maintenance. It was a workers' class federation cottage in East Maitland. It was beautiful, and mm-hmm. that was. That was just a reflection. It was a reflection of where I was in my relationship. I was so in love. This house was beautiful. It was just like, look at me. My life's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. We renovated it. We had a great time. Um, But, you know, we were not even in there two years, I think, and we got posted and sort of. We, I guess, fear. We didn't know about um, or have the confidence in renting a house like that out. We sold it at a loss. Um, Just and because you know we were moving every eighteen months to two years uh, with postings, with one of us being posted somewhere in the defence force. Um, Loved it, Um, but yeah, look, we we should have bought. You don't know at that age, but we should have bought. Um, sort of something that could have we could have held on to without fear of, but you know, then that constant mm-hmm. maintenance of those sort of houses, the garden getting away on you, and all of that. Kind all of the stuff. timber and yeah, it was awesome. It was a beautiful little place. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess is my final question for you today. Um, what did you learn from that experience? And regarding the biggest mistake or lesson that you've had in your investing how did you rationalize that what did you get out of it um what having to look 
it's just that I, I didn't have the knowledge at the time. I, I'm, I'm in such a better place now. Um, I don't I don't kick myself for it. It was like I was doing the best that I could at the time with the knowledge that I had. 100%. Um, that's just, yep. you know, that was just part of my learning. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I, th- I think, yeah, just don't kick, don't, um, don't sort of keep kicking yourself for, for things that you've done. You've made the decision, own it, and yep. just learn from it and keep moving on. Um, the best yeah. user ahead of you, Marcus Pierce. Thank you very much. I'm really <laughs> embracing you again, Marcus. <laughs> oh, I'm really embracing, um, yeah, your exceptional life. His his book that he's put out, and yep. it's come to me at, at, at the perfect time in my life. Um, uh, yeah, Aww. it really is nice just to 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 say that to myself every now and then. The best years are ahead of me. So yeah. Yep. Well, it's important, right? It's that thing about um, a healthy optimism is so good for your health all round. And in part of us, and where Marcus ties in beautifully is for, for ourselves, for our clients, we're on this path to give ourselves some financial freedom and some options, but we've got to be healthy and lucid and alive enough to enjoy it at the end of that journey right we don't want to (laughs) just leave it all as much as we love the grandkids we don't want to leave it all for the grandkids right (laughs) yeah so so there is that um you've got a couple of notes here i I hope you don't mind if i read them out because um i just love your um very straightforward style so um the notes that you've made for me are if you fail to plan your plan to fail so you've always had a plan of some description, even if it's self-styled and hasn't been right always. You've, yeah. you've had a plan that you've worked towards and then you've adjusted it as you've needed to and gone and got knowledge and so forth, yeah? Yeah, yeah. so like even referencing that back to my first purchase, I, I knew I was going to be posted. So why, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you had the knowledge, why would you buy a house like that? Just buy brick and tile that you know, that someone else can move in and be happy and, you know, yeah, it's just, you, it you've, the, yeah, <laughs> it was like where I was at that time, I was young and in love. Yeah. Aww, so, but, um, <laughs> um, cute but costly but cute. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you, you have to, you, you really can waste a lot of time and energy if you don't set something for you to um, achieve. Absolutely. And then one thing here, I like your frankness. Uh, I can really do a number on myself by revisiting all of my lessons. Um, but you have to stop yourself. Yeah, yeah. I can feel like if I go back to certain stages where I feel like I made a fool of myself or made the wrong decision, I can feel the anxiety, the physical change in my body huh. just, just from my thoughts, from my thought pattern. can, And that's how, you know, you can lead to long-term illnesses is that constant stress that constant anxiety just let it go um yeah just forgive yourself and move on you can't change it no no well what's done is done um all righty and um call bullshit and pick yourself up as quickly as you can and I like this one put on your happy playlist oh yeah massive believer in music as a mind-altering drug right it is is the best thing yeah 
I, I don't know about you, but I have this thing sometimes when I'm in a bad mood or I'm stressed or I've had a few challenges and I can really feel it's, um, I mean, you've seen, I get, I can get a bit grouchy from time to time. I, I apologize uh, to all the dogs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and when, when I'm in that space, sometimes the last thing I want is to put on happy, bloody music. Mm. But if you get over that hump and you push yourself to do it, yeah, what a change it makes, eh? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, um, oh, my kids think I'm a bit woo-woo, but I did a lot of work with <laughs> Dr. Joe Dispenza and um, with meditation and, and vibrations. Oh, yeah. yep. um, and it is, it's all about vibrations. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's how, and the part of the intuition, like you end up being able to pick up vibes off people because um, we're all vibrating. So, yeah. So, yeah, happy music <laughs> works. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. It absolutely works. I And I, some of the music I listened to, like I used to have a thing about it because I had a couple of friends that were musos. And they were like, oh, no, you don't listen to that crap. Like you only listen to the cool music over here. And I was like, ooh, like I actually like that crap over there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now I just listen to anything I will listen yeah. to death metal rockabilly um you know um gospel um you name it i will listen yeah. to it and it all yeah. has a different kind of space for me are you the yeah. same or do you have something trying no look i changed too like i found from um i actually found when i moved into this place an old little what are the little square um potty things that we used to have oh, yeah, yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what yeah. they yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to run with it and I put my headphones in. It was like, oh, I don't like this song anymore. But I remember I used to run and run and run to it. And so I've just changed with music as well. But yeah, yeah. But it certainly um would like you can use it to fire yourself up, you can use it to calm yourself down, you can cheer yep. yourself up. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome tool. It is. Yeah. And um, your family motto, get up, you'll be right. Get up, you'll like be that. right. Come on. <laughs> it's the hard-ass part of me. It's like, oh, come on, get up, you'll be right. <laughs> yeah. I, I still, it still makes me picture my kids being little and it's like, come on, get up. <laughs> oh, and, um, and I think, you know, we'll end, with, we'll end with Marcus one more time. Your best years are ahead of you. So, so yeah absolutely yeah awesome. awesome 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 any last snippets no look um just just do the best you can one like yeah. daily one percent improvements that's um that's another big um, um realization that that had an effect on me just one percent improvements each day yep everyone can do that that's achievable Absolutely. It's consistency, isn't it? Consistency yep. is key. Yep. 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 Cool. Getting out of your comfort zone, consistency, trust your gut, yep. get a get good support. vibe around you. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. We've done it. That's <laughs> all <laughs> so you got to do. Thank you so much. <laughs> Another Sold. comfort zone thing ticked off. <laughs> awesome so Sharon Carruthers thank you so much for being here today really you, appreciated it um an awesome chat um all the best my friend and we'll say sayonara ciao thank you bye 
Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing, and bye for now.